Hi, this is Reginald Kuakaru, founder of Comedic Centered Living, here to share some ancient truths that will help you lay a foundation to get rid of negative thinking and limiting beliefs caused by religious indoctrination so you can rewire your mind for success. In this video, I'll help you understand ancient symbolic language so that you can decipher hidden esoteric meaning in the Bible and break through to powerful truths that will help you elevate consciously and empower you. When you grasp the meaning of the ancient symbolism, you'll begin to unravel Christian concepts that didn't make sense to you. As a Christian, without the foundation of the knowledge of the ancient symbolism and mythology, you're continually trying to make sense out of nonsense. But first, we have to address a negative mindset that have held Christian religious people back and keeps them locked into a life of limitation and fear. The negative indoctrination doesn't simply go away once you leave Christianity. There is a reason why you look anywhere in the world and see communities of the African diaspora that are not economically self-sustaining. The foundation can be found in religious indoctrination that creates a belief system built on victimization and helplessness waiting on a savior to come back and set things straight. If this mindset is not addressed and changed, then the African diaspora will remain locked in a life where a negative mindset will keep us locked in a life of mediocrity and limitation. This negative mindset is the part that does not go away once you leave Christianity. It's negative conditioning created to keep you hooked into a system controlling you with fear and helplessness. How do you know if you still have a negative mindset after leaving Christianity? Simple. If, when you think of any major change in your life that involves uncertainty, like going after a job promotion, starting a business, getting involved in a new relationship, your immediate default setting is to consider the worst that can happen to you. It's the unfortunate mindset of a people that have been bombarded with ideas of needing to stay safe when they feel helpless because of impending danger and catastrophe. They see the world in black and white, with enemies lurking on every corner. It's a world full of fear and uncertainty. That mindset keeps you from even trying to advance and grow in any area of your life. Too many of the African diaspora have accepted this negative programming without examining the effect it has in so many areas of our lives. It's an insidious form of low self-esteem that runs rampant in our minds. Psychologist Nathaniel Brandon in his book, The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, says, With people of low self-esteem, negatives have more power over their lives than positive. So ask yourself, do you have a negative mindset? Be honest with yourself, because you cannot change what you do not own. As a people, we need to change our mindset individually so that we can change the collective. But it starts first with know thyself. So let's examine one aspect of this limiting mindset. It involves stripping you of the ability to critically think. Christianity, through its indoctrination, has a workaround to keep believers out of constant mental conflict. They call it faith. But in reality, it's mind control techniques. The most devout Christians have in common an inability to think for themselves. It's by design. 
Part of being a believer is to accept absurd ideas and concepts as Christians. No matter how absurd, a believer must accept it without question. Many ideas that are nothing but nonsense to common logic. Here's what I mean by that. Christianity teaches if you don't question the nonsense, simply believe and have faith that what we tell you is factual and the truth, then you will be safe from hell and any other torment that God has in store for non-believers. This threat, whether implied or spoken, keeps most Christians from ever examining the doctrines given them. For example, an absurd story that makes no logical sense that you must accept as a believer is Adam and Eve as the first humans on earth and that had three sons, Cain, Abel, and Seth. From two of those sons, the whole world was populated. Now logically, everyone knows a man cannot birth a child. The logical question for anyone would be, if Adam and Eve were the first parents, a man and a woman that produces three sons, then who did the sons conceive children with? Any person with knowledge of basic human biology would dismiss the story or at least start to ask questions and dig deeper to reconcile the inconsistency with natural science. Or they try to make sense out of nonsense with the next logical conclusion. The sons had to have sex with their mother. Yes, I've actually been told that by a Christian when I asked them to make sense out of the Adam and Eve story. However, with the Christian indoctrination workaround, if you simply accept the story as true on faith, then any critical analysis of the story stops. And according to the practice of many Christians, the less you question, the stronger your faith, which validates your commitment to the faith, which implies a strong spiritual commitment. Do you see the logic trap here? Again, this was by design. The indoctrination workaround is basically this. An absurdity presented as historical fact, which is two sons that the world was populated from, believe it without question, which implies strong belief and faith. Belief does not need any facts. The definition of an opinion is a belief without facts to support it. The person who gave me the incest answer had to make the story true because to question it means their faith and salvation would be in peril. Many theologians through the centuries have asserted that blind faith is a higher spiritual level. Only within Christianity is ignorance and blind faith a victory for higher spiritual attainment. It's the only way that a believer is not thrown into constant cognitive dissonance and will accept the absurd in order to make sense out of nonsense. It's mind control, not spirituality. So that's one of the mindsets that hold many people back within Christianity. For people that leave Christianity, it can negatively impact your ability to critically think simply because you were trained to not think for yourself. But for those of you that are brave enough to begin to question, I want to connect the dots for you through helping you understand the ancient comedic symbolism, which is the origin of the New Testament Gospels and other books of the Bible. When I finally grasped this knowledge, it helped answer so many of those questions I had even those I didn't know I had. It filled in the blanks for me. 
and I know it'll do the same for you. These symbols have many layers and can have different meanings based on the level of knowledge and understanding of the receiver. So this is not meant to be exhaustive or complete. Only an introduction to help you begin to uncover the nonsense and make it make sense through gaining knowledge of the original ancient African source. So I'm going to break down for you some of the ancient symbolism of the biblical Jesus story presented with the other Christian mental workaround. Miracles. The irony is, when you understand the symbolism, the mythology becomes relevant to your everyday life again because it's meant to give you universal knowledge and information about the human condition and our journey as a soul having a human experience. Not a magical event you simply marvel at to confirm the greatness of the character in the story. I want you to know that if you're Christian or ever was, how extraordinary you are to be watching this video. You're extraordinary because through all the indoctrination purposely designed to keep you afraid and ignorant of the truth, you still broke free. Not only that, you've risked estrangement from your family, friends, and church support system, and the possibility of becoming an outcast and shunned. And on top of it all, according to Christianity, the mere fact that you question puts your soul in peril of being tormented in hell for eternity. You are mentally one of the strongest individuals on the planet, and therefore not ordinary, because this is not yet popular to examine. You're not ordinary. You're extraordinary, and I mean that with all the respect and admiration that a human being can muster. So now that I've shed some light on this mindset, let's critically analyze the miracle of Jesus turning water into wine. So here we go. I'm going to break it down to you so that it will be forever and consistently Baroque. But I'll fix it with the empowering original message that the ancient Africans intended. But you'll need a little background knowledge first for some context. This ancient knowledge began with the interior Africans over thousands of years ago, traveled up the ancient superhighway of knowledge and information known as the Nile River to ancient Kemet, part of which is now known as Egypt. The Egyptians taught satellite countries well before Europe came into focus. Finally, it filtered into Europe the Mediterranean, and Asia Minor through the Greek Gnostics that wrote books that finally became the New Testament that the Romans used to fabricate the Christian religion. Now, let's go into the foundation of African spirituality. This is needed so you can understand the Greek Gnostics that wrote the books that became the New Testament and what they really meant in their stories. They took a fringe aspect of ancient comedic knowledge. They wrote the knowledge in a coded esoteric language because they broke the ancient Kemetic mystery school oral traditions by writing it down and then put the information in a story form for ancient plays. The foundation of ancient Kemetic spirituality and by default their Greek students who wrote the New Testament Gospels is that the eternal soul is the main character in its mythology that became Bible stories. The metaphysical world is the heavens and the earth is the underworld for a soul encapsulated within the human body. The Greeks call the underworld of earth Hades or hell. 
These are the ideas the Greeks learned from the Africans. They didn't have a philosophy or spirituality before they made contact with the ancient Egyptians. As a spiritual being having a human experience, you are gods and goddesses in training. From the ancient comedic perspective and teachings, you're learning that life is an illusion. Many ancient spiritual systems have taught that the world we live in is an illusion. Today, we erroneously interpret it as not real. But for the ancients, it meant that you, as a god or goddess in training, have the power to create your life in this world known as the underworld or hell. For the ancients, the illusion is that you have no power over this world. But the ancient truth is, is that you're made in the image of God with the ability to create. In the Bible, John chapter 10, verse 34, Jesus even states that you are a God. Religion keeps you afraid of living life on your terms because you fear going to hell when in reality, this life is your training ground to create heaven. From the ancient comedic spiritual perspective, you're in hell now. Earth is a difficult place for all souls. As a human, we all go through difficulties in life. You are a soul having a human experience. Within African spirituality, hell or earth is where you learn forever through multiple lifetimes, not burn forever as a punishment. Through comedic teachings, you learn that the difficulties of life are analogous to lifting weights. Those difficulties are supposed to make you mentally and spiritually stronger, not weak, helpless, depending on a God to fight your battles and waiting on a savior to rescue you. But from the ancient comedic perspective, earth is not something you simply endure, hoping to get to a resting place called heaven when you die. It's a training ground in which you are to learn how to create your own heaven within you. The idea that physical life as a training ground for the soul is confirmed in the ancient symbolism and mythology that became part of the Bible through the Roman Catholic Church. You'll see this plainly when you understand the hidden symbolism behind the biblical miracle of Jesus turning water into wine in John chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. There are many esoteric nuances in this story that are truly spiritual science and processes that will help you. But I'm going to focus on the idea that confirms the overall ancient hidden meaning of the story. This will help you with your mindset about the difficulties of life and be more empowered. You're not cursed as so many of the African diaspora have been taught to accept and believe. You're in training as gods and goddesses. Let's start with me teaching you about some basic symbolism that pretty much everyone is familiar with so you can have some background knowledge to help you connect the dots and make sense out of what I'm teaching you here and give you the ability to critically analyze all the Bible stories. The ancients taught about four elements that are the foundation of everything in the universe. If you're aware of astrology, you're familiar with the four elements of fire, water, air, and earth. Each of them are metaphors or analogies to connect you intuitively to deeper metaphysical knowledge that cannot always be expressed through spoken language. It's using natural symbols or analogies to help you grasp something beyond physical experience in your natural state as a soul. Each symbol is multi-layered that also has implied meanings beyond the obvious. 
This is where the ancient Africans expect your intuition to kick in when studying the symbolic language. The symbols were designed purposefully in this way. This takes trust in yourself and the ability to critically think. Without this knowledge, the story remains in the miracle category of disconnected logical nonsense. You then never question the nonsense.